So I got a word last week that was texted to me. And um, perhaps you can go to that first slide for me. Thanks, Jared. Um, This was texted to me. I got a word this morning, says my friend Michael. Uh, May 16th, 2023, during Sunday service today, I heard the word slipstream. And a bit later, I could feel the excitement, the hope, and faith rising in the room like the water level filling and rising in a dried creek bed. Then I looked up the word slipstream, which is one of the things that sometimes we do. We'll hear something from the Lord and go, huh, I should probably look that up. And so Michael looked it up. Here's what he found. A slipstream is the region or area behind a moving object in which a wake of fluid, typically air or, or water, is moving at velocities comparable to that of the moving object relative to the ambient fluid through which the object is moving. And if that sounds about right to you, you've got it squared away. The, the term slipstream also applies to a similar region adjacent to an object with the fluid moving around it. I want you to think about an island. That's why I have a picture of an island up there. Slipstreaming works because of the relative motion to the fluid in the sh- slipstream. This, Michael says, I believe the object is faith moving at this mo- mo- moment. So that was a word from last week. It was specifically in our listening time. So I believe it does relate to you, um, Brett, who we were listening for, and the two other ladies as well. Um, But I believe it also fits into what exactly I was going to start with this morning. And that is, let me tell you a story. 24 years ago, I was newly on staff at Neighborhood Church. And I was in the midst of a prayer meeting uh, with the staff. And, you know, prayer meetings are supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to be really focused, close your eyes. And so I was trying my best to not think about other things. I don't know if you can relate to me. Oftentimes, I'm, my mind is wandering. And so as I'm sitting there quietly with my hands folded and my eyes closed, I begin to see this island in the middle of a dried creek bed. And then I saw this water rushing toward me on the island and going around the island. Sound a little bit familiar to the word last week? And I thought, I need to focus I am, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be praying. I'm supposed to be thinking about Jesus right now. So I squinted harder because somehow that makes you feel like you're praying better. It's not true, but. And then I kept hearing this number, 107. 107. 107. And I'm like, Lord, help me. I'm really distracted today. I don't think I'm ADD, but maybe I've just become it. And I, and I just, I, I'm trying to be focused. I'm trying to, 107. 107. 107. And now I'm like, I'm frustrated. And I'm like, well, maybe this is a verse. Maybe I'm supposed to look something up in my Bible. What has the number 107 in it? What do you think I looked up? Psalm 107. That's right. There's 150 Psalms. And so, yeah, I got to put my glasses on to read my Bible because the words are very tiny. I don't know who did that to us, but (laughs) trying to fit a whole lot of words in a very small space. So I thought, well, I'll just read Psalm 107, and maybe I'll feel like I'm more focused on the Lord if I do this, right? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Oh, that feels, I already feel more spiritual just reading that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, he's gathered from the lands, from the east and the west and the north and the south. I thought, huh, that sounds a little bit like me, my Wife and I have just returned to be on staff from Southern California, where we are living for about seven years, and I've kind of been gathered. That's, that's kind of a cool coincidence. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city that they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty. Their lives ebbed away. This is a bad story. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. I can sum up our time in Southern California as this, it was definitely times of great distress, great learning, and great maturing. And yet, verse 7 says, he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Wow, that sounds a little bit like my situation right now. Moving down to verse 34, 35. He turned the desert into pools of water and parched ground into flowing springs where he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. And he, they sowed fields and planted vineyards and yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their herds diminish. Last verse in the, in the chapter. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things. And consider the great love of the Lord. The picture I was seeing was water coming into this desert place. The Lord gave me a picture while I was praying. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't trying to find it. But out of nowhere, it came to my mind. I thought I was being distracted. I thought, I'm not very good at praying. I'm not very good at focusing. And sometimes that's true. But in this case, it was the Lord showing me something. And then he followed up because he likes to do things. He's a repeating God. He says, I don't want you to miss it. So I'm, I'm going to give it to you again. Now I'm going to point you to a verse. I thought, Lord, this is confirmation that you brought us back to this city because you've got great plans for us, because you love us, because you see us, because you, you want us to increase. And the Birchett's increased after that, shortly after that. And it was even more interesting when I talked to then the, the, the then senior pastor of Neighborhood Church, Larry Lane. I said, Larry, this is what happened to me. This is so different. He said, yeah. Psalm 107 is exactly the same chapter that the Lord showed me before I came to Chico. Wow, Lord. The Lord is still speaking. And we are trying to learn how to hear his still small voice. And sometimes we think, oh, well, everybody else can hear it but me. There's something wrong with me. But we're all learning and growing. And sometimes we get it and other times we don't. So let me remind you of a few building blocks. I've got my assistant, David. Thank you, David. I need to raise his salary. Thank you. A couple building blocks that position ourselves to hear God's voice. Purity. Pure in heart, see God. It is amazing how much we can mess up our reception of the spiritual airways with choosing into things that are wrong. Humility. This one's my favorite. Why? Because without humility... Well, hearing from God can look very presumptuous and ugly, but God is always attracted to humility. His presence always is attracted to humility. But we also must steal our hearts. Even in the midst of really difficult times, difficult, fast-moving situations, we can still our spirit and say, Lord, what is it that you have to say? I'm looking for what you want to show me. I'm listening for what you want to say. And lastly, we've got to keep at it. We've got to persevere. We've got to keep listening. It's easy to give up after asking him to do something, and then all of a sudden, if we don't get the answer right away, then somehow we don't keep asking. And yet, Matthew 7 is very clear. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And those all sound like things that you do once until you look at the Greek, and you find it. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Those are participles that are continual. I'm going to add one more box, even though I don't have a cardboard box. This one's new for us this week, and that is releasing your burdens to Jesus. The more I've been thinking about hearing God's voice, the more I realize that oftentimes I'm just, the, all of the noise of all of the stuff that I'm walking through needs to be laid down first, right? Now, there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, you need to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Sure, you can do that if you want. But I just want to dump the load first. Then I'll thank him, right? Because I don't know about you, but when I am carrying huge boulders, I don't feel like I can take on anything else. And so laying my burdens at his feet then all of a sudden helps me hear his voice. I don't think it's just me. And there's a few scriptures that back this up. Psalm 55 Verse 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So 
This idea of casting is, of course, casting a net. You got to let go of that thing. And you're, you're casting your anxieties or your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain. The other word is hold you. I love that. You cast, and he holds. I need to be held a lot. And he will never let the righteous be shaken. This little Hebrew word for shaken is like you just got hit in the face like a prize fighter and you're kind of like wobbling before you go down. You're shaken. He's not going to let you be shaken. He's going to hold you. First Peter 5, First Peter. I love the fact that the New Testament writers are like, um, if you didn't get it before, let me make sure you get it this time. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Because he cares for you so much, you could cast it on him and he will carry the load. He will carry the weight. Now, a little commercial here. If you are not a part of my text line, I have two text lines. One is encouraging texts. I send a couple out every week. And others are leadership texts. Um, and so if you want to join the text line, here is the number. All you do is you text the word encourage to the number or the word lead to the number. And there's a little kind of a setup kind of thing that says, who are you and how old are you and all that stuff. And I promise none of that stuff will be shared by anyone else. I'm the only one who receives texts to that. And if you respond to a group text, because they're all group, well, not all, but when a group text comes out, when you respond, only I see it. No one else looks at this. And so... It's a great way for me to encourage and send things out. I had a word. Uh, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to do listening prayer for um, a woman who's 48. And I went, I don't know who's 48. I'm like, oh, but my text line does. And so I just said, who is exactly 48? And it came up with two hits that were both women. So I just did listening prayer for both of them. And I sent my little word out. And it was a blessing, right? So there's lots of ways that we use the text line. But a little teaser, if you join today before noon, one of my new songs that I've written, it's an orchestration that I just finished two days ago, um, is available to you. It's on a link that no one else can find except for if you have the link and you'll get it. So if you're on the leadership text line or the encourage text line, you're getting it at noon. If you sign up before then, you'll get it then. Cool? Why am I telling you that right now? Because this song is just an instrumental. It's just strings and oboe. And it is a musical, what did I call it? It's a musical gift of peace to you is what it is. Why? Because when you need to listen to God and say, God, where are you? Sometimes music puts you in that place. And when you need to release your burdens to him, sometimes a song like this will get you to a place where you'll feel like you can walk in that peace. All right, enough commercials. I'll put this slide up at the very end as well. So we're talking about dreams and visions. This is part two of many parts of on dreams and visions. If you didn't catch last week, it's right there on the YouTubes. Just grab it and um, catch up because we said some really important things um, setting up the things that we'll say this week, but we're going to spend quite a few weeks on dreams and visions. There's a lot to say. Great. Let's hear some stories. Justin and Jane, come on up. Justin and Jane, Justin and Jane, there's something about the Jays. Justin Romer and Jane Rogers making their way up here. We'll start with Justin. And... Um, Hi, Justin. Hey. Thanks for sharing. Um, dreams and visions. Just give us a story, because I know that, some, that you've experienced this before, and uh, you had one recently. Yeah. Um, the most recent one was probably, I don't know exactly the time frame, but it was Jenny and Josiah Coons, right? Okay. Yeah, our friends. And it was, it was very interesting, because it was literally a dream. And uh, in the dream, I saw her face, and she was very upset. Oh. And normally in dreams, I never see people's faces, ever. Um, so it was very strange to see her face, and they were very upset. They were at the hospital with the baby, and, and it was very, it was, it was odd. And had they already had, had the baby? Yeah, they had already had the okay. baby. Okay, so they've this got a little person. Many yep. weeks later. Um, so in the dream, I was there to tell them that today they were coming home with the baby, and everything was going to be okay. Wow. Um, 
And they weren't in the hospital at this time? No, I didn't. Okay, just setting it up, making yeah, sure you know. I, yeah. I had no, no clue. So um, I woke up in the morning, and I was like, God, what, what was that? That was strange. And what am I supposed to do with it? Right, right? Th those are good questions, by yeah. the way. Let me just pause. God, what was that? Good question. Good question. <laughs> Second thing, what am I supposed to do with it? Because maybe you're supposed to pray. Maybe you're supposed to call them. Maybe you're supposed to do something. Maybe you're supposed to just hold it to yourself. So what happened? Yeah. So basically, I prayed for a little while. I prayed over it. And then I didn't really feel anything, but I had to go to work. Because right? yeah. I go to work at 4 a.m. Stuff happening, yeah. Yeah, so um, I went to work, didn't think anything else about it. And then later that afternoon, I saw a Facebook post that they were coming home with the baby. From the hospital? From the hospital. Oh. And it was totally, it was encouraging to me. Yes. Because it was like, oh, wow, that was totally from you, God. I didn't mess that up. So it was very, very cool. So do you see what God's doing? He's teaching Justin how to hear by paying attention, asking the right questions. He didn't ask him to do anything, right? Not that we know of. No. But it's a, it's a and it's an encouragement to all of us because we need to go, Wow, God still talks like that? Yes, he will sometimes sh share things with us just so we can learn how to, how to hear. Yeah. So were you encouraged? I was very encouraged. Oh it was gosh. a very, very amazing moment. So cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. And Jane Rogers, our friend. We call her Mama Jane around here. So um, I know that... What's that? And Nana. And Nana, that's true. So this is Jane's pillowcase. It says, prophetic dreams happen here. So you have this expectation, don't you? Can I read? Yeah, yeah, go for okay. it. Share with us. It's a little nerve-wracking being up here. It's a lot of lights and a lot of people, but it's okay. <laughs> when Andrew announced about three weeks or so ago that you were going to start a series on prophetic dreams and visions, it was like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And um, so right away I had like, Three nights in a row, I had three dreams in a row. And they made no sense. I didn't have words for them. I couldn't describe them. I don't even think I could write them down. Um, and then after that, it kind of got dry again. And then when you asked me to share this past, last Sunday, you asked me if I would share, I thought, sure, I'll probably have some things that would be fun. And all week it was just dry. I just couldn't think of anything. I didn't, couldn't make anything up. I, did, I just, what kept coming to my mind though was a vision that I had quite a few years ago. And I'm gonna read it, that's okay. Sure. Um, I was home alone worshiping and all of a sudden I was in another place. I stopped movement and stood still and waited. I was in a desert and the Lord was showing me things in the spirit that I would have missed with my natural eye. I saw life above and below the ground. I smelled and saw beauty, plants, cactuses, flowers, rocks, life. Transposed, as I write this, I hear the word transposed. There was underground water, springs of living water transposed, life-giving water that not only would sustain a person, but would refresh if only they knew where to look. This desert was so beautiful that I have longed to return there with the Lord. I think of this desert vision often, and I wonder if it was to prepare me for more desert places other than that vision. I sustained a back injury in 2013 that was life-changing. And it was a Sunday morning before the podcasts were happening here at neighbor, Neighborhood. Don and I were home um, praying. We just finished praying, and he was praying for my back, as usual, and for the pain. All of a sudden, I heard a voice, and it said to me, if you worship me, I will heal you. There won't be any more pain. And I just froze because it wasn't a voice that I recognized. In fact, it was an ugly voice, and I knew immediately it was the devil. And I was so shocked, and all I could think, well, what I could think to say was, 
the Lord rebuke you, devil. Get behind me, and I bind you, and I cast you off of me. Get out of my house and off this land. That was the end of that. I knew then some of what the Lord had experienced when he was taken into the desert by the Spirit for 40 days, when the enemy tried to entice him by offering him things. I was appalled that the enemy would come after me in such a blatant way. After, as I was rehearsing in my mind what had just taken place, I was overwhelmed to think the Lord saw me worthy to share this important experience with him to some degree, to prepare me for things that I had yet to experience. That was a question I had. And I knew not only some of what Jesus had experienced, but I also knew some of what he felt. It was a bonding moment for me and the Lord. And as I said, I have had other desert experiences, and I would like to think and say I've always been prepared for what has or may happen, but the truth is I'm not or I haven't. But with the help and the prompting of my helper, the Holy Spirit, I not only survive but continually grow. I do want to end with a dream I had a few weeks ago. I scribbled it down on the bathroom counter on a piece of paper. Um, Actually, I kind of told a little lie when I started speaking here. Um, I did have a dream. And in this dream, my friend Patty Enns and I had just boarded an airplane. I don't know if you're out here, Patty. You're a Gaylord. But anyway, we just boarded an airplane. And we were taking off to meet up with a cruise ship. And I don't know where we were cruising to, but I have a feeling it was Alaska because that's always been my favorite port of call. Um, And as we were taking off, I looked down and I realized, oh my gosh, I forgot to pack shoes. The only pair of shoes I had were the ones that I had on. And if you know me, I like shoes. I probably have more shoes than a lot of department stores. And <laughs> I, all I could think of is I had these dressy clothes, I had formal clothes, I had clothes for every occasion, and I only had the pair of shoes on that I was wearing. Um, but I don't know about going on a cruise with Patty, but I have a feeling, Gaylord, that maybe you need to go on notice that Patty and I are taking a cruise. <laughs> um, can I, I have just one short one, short vision, okay. Um, several years ago, I was at Women's Retreat up in Woodleaf, and I was sharing a room with my other friend Carla Coons and um, we were on the prayer team and and it was night and we were in bed and the last thing we were doing was praying and all of a sudden I had this vision of a lion who was encircling the camp up at Woodleaf and I began as I was praying, I was praying for this lion who I knew was the Lion of Judah to um, watch over all the ladies and protect us from the enemy. And the next morning, we were in worship, and I was behind stage, behind the worship team, and I was praying. And all of a sudden, I froze because I sensed the presence of something. And... I was very still, and then I began to feel these little hairs up against my face. And immediately I had this vision of a lion, and it was the Lord. And I had encount- he had encountered me right there on the stage. And I have never felt anything like that before. Never again have I. Well, no, one other time, but anyway. That's so cool. Thank you, Jane, for sharing so much. So some of you are thinking, well, I don't see things like that. I don't have dreams like that. But um, 
That dream about the cruise ship, that's a good, it's an interesting thing to ask the Lord about because maybe the Lord is trying to prompt them to go on a, an actual cruise or maybe there's something metaphorical about it. And that's where you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me through this? It might be that, I don't know, you're nervous about shoes, but it could also be about something more significant. So why does God speak to us in dreams. And by the way, how many people dream? Raise your hand. Okay. Probably all of you dream, but you don't realize it. Um, How many people have vivid dreams that you remember? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of you, right? And we are really visual people. And, uh, you know, just think about how much time as Americans we spend with our screens. And the Lord loves to speak the language that you speak. He's not going to speak a language that you don't understand. And there's just something about visual things that really appeal to us. And oftentimes, why? Here's, here's three reasons by why I believe God speaks to us in dreams. The first is from... Um, Deuteronomy 5. And, um, and it, it, it's simply that you wouldn't live if you saw God face to face. How do I know that? Well, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, the context is this. Um, Moses has just received the Ten Commandments. It's kind of a big deal. Fire and all sorts of lightning and clouds around Mount Sinai. And they actually, the, the people hear this voice. And, uh, and so, um, it says in verse 23, when you heard the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leading men of your tribes and your elders came to me, me, Moses. And you said, the Lord, our God has shown us his glory and majesty. And we have heard his voice from the fire. I mean, these guys are petrified. Today, we have seen that a man... Today, we have seen that a man can live even if God speaks with him. (laughs) But now, why should we die? We got an idea for you, Moses. This great fire will consume us and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. What mortal man has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived? So Moses, you go. Because we don't want to die. We'll go ahead and put your life in jeopardy. You go near and listen to all that the Lord your God says, and then tell us whatever the Lord our God says to you, and we'll listen and obey. They're right. Being in the presence of God is a little bit, well, no one can come face to face with God. Even Moses, who was a friend of God, Moses says, I want to see your glory. He says, oh, I've got to hide you in this rock right here, and I'm going to pass by. All my goodness is going to pass by you, and you get a little bit of glimpse of my robe as it goes by the back of me, but you don't get to see me. Otherwise, you will not live. So God wants to appear to his people in a way that doesn't kill us. Dreams are helpful. Second thing is it's one time he can actually get your attention. This is why if you're learning to hear God's voice, do not be surprised if he talks to you in the shower or in the car. Why? Because you're thinking about something else and you're like, what was that? I don't think that was my thought. Or you're driving and you're like, wow, I just had this thought came into my head. Why? Because when God speaks, it's just this spontaneous thought that lights upon your head. Now you've got to test it to make sure it's God. And certainly you have your own thoughts and then the enemy's going to throw his thoughts in as well. But it's one time when God can actually get your attention. And he wants to give you hope for the journey that's ahead of you. I made a cartoon. It's not an actual cartoon. It's just some images. So here you are, uh, redhead. Why? Because I've always had a thing for redheads. I don't know what the thing is. Had a crush on this little red-haired girl just like Charlie Brown growing up. She didn't pay attention to me either wasn't just Charlie Brown. So here you are on your journey of life, right? God gives you a picture or a dream or a vision, something visual about your future. In this case, you're looking and you see this incredible mountain, mountaintop, this high point where things are going to be amazing. And you're like, that's amazing, right? What do you not see as you see that? You don't see that, I don't know, rushing river through the gorge, big lake. I don't know what that is, but there's some water there that you don't see. And God gives you that promise. Why? Because you're going to need that promise because 
Well, things are about to get rough. Now, every time you hear something from God, it doesn't mean everything's going to fall apart. But there's something about holding on to a promise or a word or a picture or even a dream that can get you through difficult times. And by the way, difficult times will come. This is what Isaiah 43 is about. Isaiah 43, God says, but now, this is what the Lord says, he created you. Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, this is God's people, and as believers we have been grafted in, so we're also God's people. Do not fear, he says, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. He knows your name, he's called you, you belong to him. Because of those things, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Water and fire, what does this all mean? Well, there's a lot of references in the Old Testament to things like this, whether it's Sinai or uh, traversing through the Red Sea. But I would point you to Psalm 66, verse 12. If you're a note taker, that's one to write down and look up later. Because fire and water are the symbols of extreme peril in the scriptures. And what is God saying? Hey, when things get really hard, I want to be with you. I got your back. You can also look at Psalm 91. It's beautiful. And so in the midst of all this dreams and vision stuff, I always want to tie back to my favorite person ever, Jesus. Because I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what he did. What did Jesus do? Hey, that sounds like a good idea for a bracelet. (laughs) Jesus gave them this answer, John 5, verse 19. Very truly I tell you. In other words, I'm not kidding, guys. The son can do nothing by himself, but but can only do what he sees his father doing. It's a visual thing. He's looking. Because whatever the father does, the the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. God is a projector God that wants to project on the canvas or the screen of our minds his thoughts, his ideas. His thoughts are other than our thoughts. We know that from Isaiah 55. But he loves to share with us He loves to share with his sons and daughters. John 8, 38. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you you are doing what you have heard from your Father. Seeing and hearing. We talked about this a little bit last week and how these two things play on each other. Now, I wasn't sure how much time I was going to have, so I'm going to share one more thing and then I'm going to save the good stuff about Joseph for next week. But I mentioned last week that we might talk about deja vu for a minute. How many people have had deja vu? Raise your hand. Now, for some of you, you don't even know what it is, right? It's it's such a strange thing. We didn't even translate it from the French. It means already seen. Um, And so this idea that you walk into a situation and you go, oh, I feel like I've been here before, right? Deja vu. There is a a corollary to this in French, uh, jamais vu, which is everywhere I go, nothing is familiar. It's like everything is for the first time, okay? So deja vu, it's interesting as I read and did some study this week, there's no specific references in our Bibles to deja vu. Um, but I believe anything about dreams and visions, we've got to actually talk about this a little bit, right? And so it's a little bit of a journey and and. So there's three categories. (laughs) These are my own categories. You can tell by the titles. Um, The first category is, that was weird. How many people have had a deja vu where your only takeaway was, that was weird. Okay? Okay. I figured almost all of us have had that. And it's it's like we're being tapped on the shoulder and there's something going on, but we don't really know what it is. Now, those in the occult, uh, they would say, oh, no, this is a witchcraft thing, and they, they get to take credit for it somehow. But I don't, I don't love the fact that the enemy always tries to take good things, potentially that God's doing, and counterfeits them. 
So while I'm, I'm not saying that deja vu is specific prophetic ministry, I am saying that God uses our brains in this way. If you look at science, science would say, oh, it's just triggering some memories and it's like, it's, your brain is misfiring. And I would buy that if it was the first one on the that's weird. But the second category, bless you, um, is I could predict, okay? So what do I mean by this? I've been in situations where literally I can see that it's like I'm in a deja vu moment. I know what the other person's going to say. I can literally, you're going to say this, and then they say it. How many people have had that before? Okay. It's probably less, but oh my gosh, I have moved into another reality and I have no idea what's going on. Like This has got your attention now because it's like you could write the script. Now, why would you, why would our brains experience something like that. I believe that this is the Lord tapping us, well, words are hard today, tapping us on the shoulder saying, hey, I want to get your attention. Hey, there's a whole lot more going on in the unseen realm than what you're living. Hey, by the way, I'm the author of the beginning to the end. Hey, I've written eternity in your hearts. Um, Ecclesiastes 311, I believe. And, and he knows the end from the beginning. So this is the God of forever that already knows the future and he can share it with us in a dream and then we remember it in a deja vu and we live it out. Why? Because I think he's just pointing to himself. Hey, hey, remember me? I'm over here. I'm outside of time. Now, wait a second, Andrew. Are you saying that everything's all planned out and that, that we don't have any free choice and nothing really matters because we're all robots? No, I'm not. We totally still have freedom and free choice to live out this life exactly the way we want to. And if we're believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, empowering us to be able to have all the love and the power that we need to walk out this life. Our destiny isn't already written. We have to obey our way into certain things. And yet there are certain things that God says, this will happen. It's going to happen this way. That's what we'll see from Joseph next week. But our choice and God's sovereignty and ability to see the end from the beginning can coexist. I have no reason to believe that the enemy has knowledge of the future. Nothing in my Bible tells me that the enemy has knowledge of the future. Is that, are you going with me? Okay. I have smart friends that are going with me on this, this, right? They don't like to get out on the theological limb. I work really hard to study to make sure that what I say that there's biblical backing for. But this last deja vu, it's a different choice. You're in a deja vu and you go, I know how this is going to play out. I'm going to do it different. So I don't make that mistake. So something bad doesn't happen. Has anyone had this one? This is rarer, Okay. A few, yeah, where you go, wait a second, and this is God saying, hey, you got a choice here. Even though I showed you how this can play out, you still have a choice. You can change this outcome. Now, that'll scramble your mind just a little bit, the ontological reality of possibilities, choices, the future, and destiny. You figure that out. Please write a book. We will, we will study together, right? So... Um, what am I saying about deja vu? I'm saying that I believe that God does great things to get our attention to say, hey, I'm over here. I'm doing some things. And I believe, this is Andrew's talking right now, not the Bible, that God speaks in dreams and he reminds us and he shows us and he proves us these little moments of deja vu. I believe people who aren't Jesus followers have these moments. Why? Because Jesus is going, hey, I'm over here. By the way, if you're praying for someone to come to Christ, one of my favorite prayers is, um, Lord, will you give them a vision and reveal yourself to them? This is how we continue to see people who are Muslim come to Christ because Jesus shows up in their, in their dream. And they're like, I met this man and this is what he said. And then they start quoting the Bible and they're like, yeah, that's what he said in the Bible. So can Jesus show up in our dreams a hundred percent. And is that a good way to ask the Lord to reveal himself? I think so. It's like, it's really easy to pray for that. So 
Um, we will continue talking about this. Don't miss next week. It's going to be fun. We got lots of great stuff uh, next week. I think this whole series is pretty fun. It is fun. There's that. Just All right. So we are learning about hearing the voice of God. And this is my friend, Laura. Hello. And we heard Andrew talk a while back about sometimes you receive what we would call words of knowledge or like insight into something going on with a person in your physical body. Right? Do you guys remember this? And so Laura has been having a sensation today, and it's not her body that has the problem. She feels like there's somebody in the room. So I'm going to let her talk to you about that. And then if you're present, we're going to pray for that really quick. It's like the Lord. It's like, yeah, it's like, I turned off my mic. I was being too efficient. It's like the Lord tapping you on the shoulder in this way, saying, I'm going to give you a pain in your right arm because you're supposed to pray for someone else's right arm. Just, just in case you missed that before. So you just said the Lord gave them pain? Is that what you just said? He allowed you. I'm just clarifying because somebody no, out there just had that I thought. Love this. No, this is really good. So I would say it's the a gift Lord of discernment. Will allow you to experience something that's not your own. Okay, good. Excellent. This is good. See, we want to say things that are correct. This is, this is important. All right, Laura, please share with us. Yeah, so this morning, um, all of a sudden, my right hip just started hurting. It was like an intense pain. And I was like, that's not usual. So um, this morning during worship, I just felt that there's someone either in this room or someone watching online who's um, feeling this intense pain and in specifically their right hip. But then I felt like I was supposed to address any hip pain. Um, so I had told Mike, and he was like, come up and share. I was like, okay. So I just want to say, if anyone is experiencing pain in their hip, um... Let's have you guys, if yeah. you're willing, stand up. You need some healing in your hips today? Yep. Just for kicks, if, it, if you've had intense pain in your right hip, can you raise your Any hand? Any right hip specifically? There, intense there, pain. There, All right. There, there's there, half a dozen. There. Yep. All right. Go ahead and pray for him. Well, Father, I just speak to all these hips, Lord. I just speak healing and strength um, because we need the Lord to walk, Father. I just pray um, your, your name into each of these um, bodies. In Jesus' name, I um, command all that pain to leave in the name of Jesus. And, and just for the restoration, um, peace and rest, I pray if there's any... Um, if the hip's off of line, I just pray that it'll just be straightened and, and put back in place how you designed it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. You can, you can hang out up here if you want, because... <laughs> nope, she doesn't want. She's out. <laughs> Bye, Laura. It's Good nice to see to you. See you. <laughs> All right. So we did a listening exercise. I felt that earlier. Um, we did a little listening exercise for Jeff and Susie. Jeff and Susie, you guys, some of you know Jeff and Susie Johnson. And um, I know they've been doing some watching from home online. And so I'm going to read this out. We've texted them, tried to reach them so that maybe they're watching with us right now. I don't know. Uh, but I'll also reach out to them and let them know that they can go back and watch the live stream. But here's what you guys had for Jeff and Susie. Um, First of all, there was the word contemplate, and I feel like that fits really well with the next several things I'm going to share with you. Um, somebody said, I see a low white gate leading into a garden, and the gate opens, and you are walking in barefoot on the smooth, large stone path. You're being refreshed by, col by this colorful garden, running your hands on the tops of long, tall, soft grasses, and there's so much color, and the air is cool and moist and full of fragrance. Right? Wow, it's beautiful. Um, and so it's all about refreshing. Yeah? And someone else saw a picture of a stream that was gently winding through an open land. The stream turned into water drops dripping softly onto a person's head. And after a time, the person began catching the drops into their hands, cupped together, and then they began to wash their arms with the water. Kind of like that washing of the water of the word, maybe. Um, I saw a green field in a savanna. There was a tree full of life in the field, and a lion was standing beside the tree. The field was bathed in golden light and was suffused or suffused with peace. 
I had to look that word up, but basically means it's kind of like saturated. It gradually soaked into everything. Um, someone else saw ocean waves and seasons of change and the comfort of home. I like this one. Somebody saw a bamboo tripod. I can't wait to find out if there's something with that one. I'm going to ask them. Um, someone said, I, I'm sensing the Lord saying that he wants you to both to know that you are anointed and soaked in his presence. He wants you to know that he has purpose for you in the chaos of your life. And he wants to tell you that he is well pleased with you. He wants to give you greater spiritual wisdom and depth. Someone else said, I heard the lyrics of a song with arms wide open, heart exposed. Then I saw a picture of Jesus. He was big and his arms were open and curved and he was giving a hug. I saw Jeff and Susie dancing in this space. I felt like the Lord wants to remind them that he has a place for them close to his heart and they can trust him and let go. This will bring joy like never before. Some people heard things they felt like the Lord was saying directly. Um, God is singing over you. God, uh, they felt like someone felt like the Lord was saying, rest in my bosom, lean in. This is where you will find rest, joy, and life. You are my beloved, my chosen, my dearly loved. My face shines on you. My grace is upon you. I will never walk away from you. You are mine. Felt like God, someone else said, I felt like God was showing me a green pasture or field wide open and that you were being nudged to let go of the pain or pressure that you've been experiencing. Someone else heard, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Isaiah 40, 31, mount up on wings with eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Um, Isaiah 43, I like Isaiah 43 again. <laughs> but, I, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he wants to, and he, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall not over, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall your flame scorch. And I, I feel like, I know Andrew mentioned that. I feel like some of you need to receive that for yourself. This is the promise of God for you. Yes. Um, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Someone else said, I feel like God said, look to your left, for I am here with you every day, protecting you and watching over you. Um, continue, and also an exhortation to continue to feed my people. Um, Someone had a picture of dandelions, said sometimes they're often misunderstood or seen as a problem or useless, but the truth is every part down to the roots, to the leaves, and even the flower are healthy and useful. To their very end, they are beautiful and life-giving. Um, the Lord has joy for you, deep, bellowing, joyful laughter and smiles. He has healing, restoration, and it will lead to tears of joy. Uh, there is a calm coming for you. Someone saw a beautiful meadow and a calm breeze. The sun is shining on your warm and warming your face, and you feel the deepest breath of God. Uh, there's clear sailing for you. Not smooth sailing, clear sailing. I don't know if there's a difference, but um, the Lord wants to increase your faith and also reward your faith. Someone had a uh, an image of a gorilla, which they interpreted as strength. Quick side note, since we're talking about dreams and visions, often if you're seeing metaphors, um, it, he's speaking to you in a way that you'll translate what he's trying to say. So if I were to say gorilla to somebody else, they might interpret it totally different. Samsonite. Okay. Mm, yeah. So um, if you have a picture, you might ask the Lord and then just tell the person, hey, I think this is what it means. Um, because at least you've like given them that framework and then they can ask the Lord from there. Um, do, 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 do. There's so much, you guys. Did so good. Yeah, way to go, you um, guys. New understanding of th is coming, and it's good. New things are coming. Peace, a crown of glory, Matthew 5. And then um, some words of encouragement from the body. Your diligence and hard work and great attitude is so appreciated, and you don't need to do it all. There's an invitation for you to ask others 
um, that will help you. You are so faithful, and you are so good at touching others. And so we bless you, Jeff and Susie, and hopefully you, we can connect with them today and get some feedback for them. So, hey, good job, you guys. Thanks, this Michael. was really fun. Good job, everybody. So, um, yeah, sometimes something really simple, you say, oh, that's really generic at the end. That may be exactly the phrase that they need to hear because of the way that you phrase it or said it that will land on their heart. So please, please, please don't think I've got to come up with this incredibly flowery metaphor or somehow I'm not doing this right. Sometimes it's as simple as God is really proud of you. And for somebody maybe that had never heard that from their mom or dad, that just goes For you, maybe you heard it growing up, you're like, oh, it's just this. No, it's not just that, it's that. But you never know what phrase, what little simple thing. So please, please, please don't discount the fact that sometimes you'll give someone something that you feel like you received from the Lord, which seems really, really generic. But for them, it's going to be incredibly powerful. Some of you are probably wondering, where is the deep teaching moment on this? And I would say we're breaking up into tiny bits so you can actually take it in and ingest it. Um, And so this is more about experience. So for some of you who are extremely left-brained, hang in with us. We'll continue to share. Adults don't generally find their way until they see a way. So parting thought? Yeah, I just, um, I feel like if your hips didn't get healed, please come down for more prayer. Um, I'll see if Laura can come join me and we'll pray for you again. I feel like there might be a strategy. So Great. Stand, please, if you're in the house. Uh, Prayer folks, if you'd come down forward. Thanks so much for attending this morning. Uh, Some of you, I haven't seen you in quite a while, and my heart is so full just to get to see you across the room. If I don't get a chance to say hello to you this morning afterwards, like, my heart is so full that you're here and you know who you are. And so, um, Lord, would you bless my friends? I feel so humbled that I get to lead in this space for this season, and I don't take it for granted. So thank you for the way that you have been bringing streams of living water to us, that you have been watering our parched land, not only with rain and snow, but our hearts with your word and your power. Thank you that we got to experience you this morning, Jesus. That's what we want. So will you bless, guide, provide? We pray that our dream life would be full of visions and dreams from you this week, Jesus, and that you would allow us to find wise counsel to be able to process those things. Thank you for my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for coming. We'll see you next week.